Wow, that that was really terrifying. I'm sure you guys are shaking in your bones right now. Would you, would you say shaking in your boots? Is it shaking I think in you're your boots? Say shaking in your boots, unless you're a skeleton, and then you're shaking in your bones. <laughs> shaking inside your bones. Oh my god, um, guys, spooky episode again. Sorry, Sarah, this is my fault. Um, no, it's great. I'm I'm naming the episode right now. Um. Yes. Sp- <laughs> spooky. You know, I can't do two things at once. <laughs> I know. I'm like, where's the reaction Here. to oh, what I'm saying? Sorry. There's no She's delay. Leaving me da, 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 da. Um, my bad, guys. My bad. Um, yeah. Oh, yes. Very exciting. Here we are. We're at um, something. This was like an idea that Teresa had about mm-hmm. having people share their spooky stories with us. And yeah. I love it because we have such a wide uh, range of stories. And I think this will be a little bit more of a unique episode. It's going to be a little bit shorter than our normal episodes. because We're going to read off some listener tales, some spooky tales, some supernatural um, things. And uh, we're super excited about it. So thank you guys for submitting. Thank you to every single person that sent this in. Um, It kind of blows both of our minds that there are people from all over the world that are submitting these things and listening to our podcast. I know. And you guys are going to hear a voice from this woman called Alice Norwood. She's going to be sharing with us an Irish ghost story. And her voice made me so happy. I was listening to it and she was like, (laughs) I listen to the podcast all the time. She's like walking her baby around doing oh a gosh. voice memo of her ghost story. And she was like, I listened to every episode. And I was like, hello, can we be friends? Like, I want to be friends with all of our listeners. <laughs> Same. And by the way, you guys, this voice memo thing is genius. Um, I love a voice memo. Teresa loves a voice memo. We live our lives voice memoing each other. <laughs> we do. If you guys have birth stories, mom fails, anything that you want to share with us, um, and you want to voice memo them to us, we are so down to play your voice memo on some of our um, special episodes that we'll do. We'll, we'll share like stories from you guys. So uh, send them along and um, we would love to hear your voice on our show. Do you know how much cash back you're leaving on the table settling for the wrong credit card? Imagine earning up to 5% cash back on your groceries for the next 30 years. Think of all that cash back on those overpriced kombuchas. NerdWallet helps everyone make smarter financial decisions today that future you will thank you for. With NerdWallet, you won't regret missing out on rewards. NerdWallet lets you compare smart cash back credit cards side by side to make the most of your everyday spending. So what could future you do with more cash back? Uh, splurge on some fancy champagne with the gals or order fine dining to the house and watch a good true crime doco. Whatever it is, make it happen with a smarter cashback credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Nerdwallet. Finance smarter. As with all cars, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You guys loved our first spooky stories episode. We've had amazing feedback and I took you on a ghost tour of the dilapidated house (laughs) on my property Um, and it is a nightmare. It actually just is a horror film waiting to happen. (laughs) I should just get it knocked down, but it's just so interesting. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know. It's a missed opportunity. We really need to shoot a horror film there. Yeah. Yeah, you really do. It's, um, it looks, uh, well, actually your land is so beautiful. Like having, 
uh, a moment where um, the land was like, I could see like the fl- the wildflowers and, you know, like, of course, there's this tagged dilapidated house back there. But then like, you're in the middle of this beautiful fairy forest, which I haven't been to. Um, but between that video and then the video that you posted from when you were in labor with Forrest is so cute. And we all get like this little sneak peek of what your land looks like. And it's beautiful. Is it all kind of flat like that? Like flat land? No. Do you know the only flat part of our land, we have a little bit that's flat out. We've got an atrium in our house and we've got like Mm. dead flat grass straight out there, which is why I was like, let's get a Shetland pony and put it on the (laughs) flat grass. Mark was like, no, that's not happening. We're not getting a pony. Um, But then we only have one other flat part of our land, which is by the ghost house. Um, And then the rest of it is just this rugged, wild Australian bush, which is so isolating, kind of gothic feeling and eerie in and of itself. So I love it. Like it's really untouched. Um, Uh A lot of, you know, properties in the neighbourhood, it's quite manicured, but ours is just also because like CBF, like really can't be bothered. Um, it's so expensive to have a full-time gardener for 10 acres of land that we're like, Uh oh, well, let's just let it be wild and crazy, which is not great during bushfire season. However, we have a fire bunker in the house. um, And then I was sitting next to this guy on the airplane the other day and I thought we'd become best friends. But um, (laughs) so I was like, oh, my God, you and my husband are going to become friends. Our families are going to hang out. They live in the neighbourhood. He was like, yeah. And I was like, can I get your email just for my husband? Because he really needs to pick your brains on what it's like to really live on the land up here in the Adelaide Hills. He's like, yeah, yeah, sure. But he's also a volunteer fireman. And I was like, I have a theory. If there was ever a bushfire and we got stuck, like, should we just swim in the dam and like swim around? Would we be okay if we go in the dam and sort of like put our heads under the water? He was like, no, that's, that's wrong you will die, you will boil alive in the dam. I was like, okay, so my plan B is not really a plan B. So it means we just have to leave on super hot days. We just all get everyone, the menagerie of animals, all the children, and we leave the property because it really is a sitting duck where it is in that landscape. It's pretty crazy. Oh, it's so gorgeous though. I really love it. And it was fun to have that little sneak peek, but yeah. Uh. Thank you, everybody, um, for all the lovely feedback so far this month. We are having a ball. Um, (laughs) We are. Just getting all of these uh, scary, spooky stories out there. Also, I just really love Halloween time. I love this time of year. I feel like the veil is very thin, which means like somewhere in the universe, I feel like we just have more of a connection to the people who have gone on before us. So like I feel closer to my dad right now. I'm feeling, I had this like crazy moment the other day that I'm going to share with everybody right now where, before we get to our listener tales, but um, this moment where I started reading this book, um, Signs, and I was like seven pages into this book. And um and the, the book is all about like sign, like create from Laura Lynn Jackson. It's all about creating these like signs, your secret language with the universe, right? So it's like you can ask for, you know, a certain sign for your like my personally for my dad to like send me, right? So of course I'm a Libra, so I'm like a little all over the place and I can't decide on anything. So I'm just in my brain going like, oh, that's such like such a great idea. I wonder what I would ask for. Like she asked for oranges. I wonder if I should ask for like butterflies or like what what should it be and I like can't think of anything so I go through my day that day I get down to the like evening and and I've been thinking about it all day and those just like first seven pages really resonated and she talks about like messages that you get on your cell phone and I had remembered that recently I had turned on an old cell phone and the only voicemail on the cell phone was a voicemail from my dad from like obviously from 2000 I don't know when it was but like from a long time ago and I haven't heard his voice in six years so like I played it and I was like (gasps) I like gasped audibly gasped and then um I sent it to my mom and to my brother and I was like oh my gosh this is such a gift to like hear his voice again I couldn't believe it And then, so then that night, I'm like going to bed, getting the kids ready for bed. I put everybody to sleep. Teresa already knows the story. And 
um, I go on my email because I need to send out a work email really quickly. And, um, and then I open it and I click on Google Mail and it's in 2007. And I was like, that's weird. Why is it in 2007? I was like, now I got to scroll all the way back up to 2022. And I was like, it's so strange. I didn't have anything in the search bar. And so I like scroll up just like a little bit and I'm sort of looking at the mails from 2007 and I see like a couple of emails that I had sent to my dad, which is like pictures of me and Eric way before we had kids. And so, and I was like, oh, that's cute. You know, and I like pulled them off onto my computer. And then I saw this yellow, this like yellow email. It was like almost like what spam, uh, it's like what they do with spam emails, right? And so it's yellow, it's like highlighted. So it really stands out, but it was from my dad. And so I was like, that's weird. And so I clicked on that email <laughs> and you guys, <laughs> it says, Sarah, I've been trying to reach you. Call me dad. Yeah. Full body chills. Full body chills. I was like, <gasps> I was like, and I'm so, I was so like in this funny place First of all, I, I don't think Laura Lynn Jackson is going to be listening to our podcast, but maybe if you do, if this, if you're out there and you're hearing it right now, I just want to say, first of all, thank you for the language of team of light and all of those amazing terms that you um, have coined. And now I get to use all the time. Um, but also just like, I couldn't come up with what my sign was and it came anyway, like it came anyway. It just came into my, it was right there on my computer when I opened it. And it was just so amazing. And I was like, holy cow, there's my message from my dad right there. I couldn't even figure out what I wanted my sign to be. <laughs> and then I get this like moment. Sarah, you're like a magical human. And when she <laughs> told me this story, I, I was like, I don't. I'm, I can't breathe. I don't have words. <laughs> I, this is real. If like, this isn't evidence that there's something out there, I don't know what I know. Um, but it also made me go online immediately and was like, signs, Google. And I start looking yeah. for the book and I, um, I oftentimes, I mean, I always am doing Marie Kondo in my house. Like it's a constant yeah. theme in my house. And I put a true crime podcast on and I do it as I'm sorting clothes, but instead I was like, oh, I'm actually gonna get signs. I'm gonna download the audiobook and I'm gonna listen to her reading her oh words out. So oh. I started as well and I got to the part about the two children yeah. who passed and who became friends on the other side and brought their oh. mums together in this like grief cycle and oh. it I was sobbing. sobbing I know sobbing and then also like running into my daughter's room and Checking specifically on her. her because yeah she recently like poet said to me like mommy I don't want to die like this was about maybe yeah three weeks ago and I suddenly was like oh my god was that her predicting no. that and I got this fear I got such an insane fear but then I yes. had to push through and I kept listening to the audiobook and I was like this is a gift to anyone who has ever been through loss. any sort of loss yeah. they need I love listening to it but you're obviously reading it and so is Cassandra who works for us at your Zen Mama coincidentally so we're meant to have this book in our hot little hands for some reason it is hard and by the way I was gonna say like caveat like they're they're the stories will be a bit triggering sometimes because it mm -hmm. they she does talk about children who have passed away and it's like really random circumstances and stuff like that but you also have to think about the fact that yes that's happened in life and um grief is brutal it's so brutal and um my mom has lost you know a child and my we lost my dad and so having a connection beyond this world and and even just having an inkling that that exists is really powerful. And so, yes, it was hard. And I was thinking about that yesterday as I was reading and crying um, at one of the chapters. But I was like, you know what? I'm same as you, Tez. I was like, I got to push through um, because I do think it's really important to have these uh, these like 
little tips or tools to use because I think my whole life I've had, uh, and we all have had these like coincidences that have come up where you're like, whoa, that's a weird coincidence. Whoa, that's a weird coincidence. Oh, that's a weird coincidence. And it's like these little moments of of things where you're like thinking of someone and then they call you. Like we are all connected mm-hmm. in this love and light and energy and like, it's just, it always makes me smile when I'm like, I wonder how Nikki's doing. And then my phone rings and it's Nikki. And I'm like, whoa, that's weird. Cause like, I was Hardly. just thinking about you, you know? All right. As you guys know, we are, we are busy mums. We are dog mums, business mums, performance mums, school board mums. Life gets hectic. That's why we rely on our tried and tested go-tos to alleviate some of the chaos. NerdWallet helps you by maximizing your everyday spending, whether it's groceries for the week, drinks with friends, or a nice family meal. Do you know how much cash back you're leaving on the table settling for the wrong credit card? Imagine earning up to 5% cash back on your groceries for the next 30 years. I mean, come on, guys. Think of all the cash back that you're going to get on those kombuchas, on those frozen pizzas. NerdWallet helps everyone make smarter financial decisions today that future you will thank you for. With NerdWallet, you won't regret missing out on rewards. NerdWallet lets you compare smart cashback credit cards side by side to make the most of your everyday spending. So what could future you do with more cashback? A silent meditation retreat in Peru, a sweat lodge in India, whatever it is, make it happen with a smarter cashback credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Nerdwallet, finance smarter. As with all credit cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. All right, guys, we are a couple of tired mamas and all we do is crave a spa day and we deserve it. We always end up putting ourselves down the very bottom of our to-do list. We jump from one activity to the next and we're always meeting the needs of everyone else around us. I think it is time for a little self-pampering. This Mother's Day, make every day a spa day for all the moms in your life with Osea's Mega Moisture Duo. It's a value pack of two luxurious body care moisturizers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion, both featuring Osea's signature, uplifting, all-natural citrusy scent. I think the greatest and most thoughtful gifts are the gifts that you actually like love yourself, something that you use on yourself. And I love using the Mega Moisture Duo. It makes my skin so glowy. It's like super hydrating, firming, smells amazing. When I give my kids a hug after a bath, they're like, you smell so good. (laughs) It is my absolute favorite gift and such a great gift for Mother's Day. Yes. Folding in self-care is a moment to practice mindfulness. It's self-love. It's compassion. And we all know if you run your battery flat, it's harder to recharge. A consistent body care routine promotes healthy, glowing skin and also supports your mental health. Treat mom to the everyday spa experience she deserves with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOTHERDAYS at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use code MOTHERDAYS for 10% off. so silly but I had a random thing you know sometimes because I I actually googled this the other day like what what are some signs from the universe like what should we be looking for and they say like when you find things that you're like I really need this thing like I really need this thing right now and it just is there so that happened to me recently and I'll talk about that in a later episode it happened to me recently in a really massive way massive. Um, and then this just this morning just this morning actually it wasn't this morning it was last night I'm slightly hungover so I thought it was this morning but no it was last night <laughs> I was like racing around I'm like oh all I need is a 
hair ties. So I don't have, I don't own things like hair ties or bobby pins. I'm a big weirdo. Like I don't, I always just have my hair out and had hair and makeup done last night for this event. And, um, I, my hair, like something got pulled by Prairie and I was like, oh, it's not looking great. Like if only I had something to like put in my hair. And then Prairie walks in, like toddles in holding a hair tie which is not my hair tie it's some random hair tie she just toddles it in and gives me a hair tie and I was like that's insane wait what what does that where did you get this from first of all where like we're staying in a hotel I was like is this some rando's like hair tie I didn't care I was like I picked it up from her (laughs) tied it in my hair I was like oh my gosh I just said thank you universe thank you universe for that moment Thank you, universe, for the car park when you're like, oh, I hope I'm going to get a great. That's right. And all of a sudden the car pulls out and you're like, yeah, you know, all those little moments. Sitting in a place of gratitude when these things happen too is like amazing because, yeah, sure, you can call it a coincidence if you want Mm -hmm. to, but you can also just feel like, yeah, thank you. That was incredible. I really appreciate it. And you can really know that you have this, um, this team that's up there looking out for you and that's their whole they want nothing this is what she says in the book they want nothing in return they're just there to like help guide they're your spirit guides right and it's not like a new concept this is like something that multiple cultures and religions and people have thought and believed and carried on and they call it so many different things so that angelic Mm. thing and spiritual and you know today it's supernatural like today this is where we're getting into with all of these listener tales so let's get started all right i'm gonna start with rana rana or Raina? Raina, r-a-n-a rana kelly in the australian accent so this is ghosts and vampires walking to her for any of those a discovery of witches fans out there you're gonna like this okay here we go i'm gonna read this first one out All right. Thank you, Rana. I was in New Orleans for my senior trip, age 19, many, many, many years ago. I went on this legendary ghosts and vampires walking tour that they still do now. We were walking around the city and learning all of the fascinating dark histories of New Orleans and the surrounding areas, the nunnery, Marie Laveau's tomb. I hope I said that right. Marie Laveau's tomb. Anne Rice's legendary parties, etc., haunted pubs, homes, and hotels. It was a long tour. It was about four hours. We stopped on a corner to take a break, and I sat down on the curb. I looked up at the top floor porch of a home across the street, the classic Creole cottage-style homes in the quarter. There was a woman standing there with her hands fisted on the iron railing. She was staring right at me with a malevolent expression I can't quite describe. I mean, wow, I could feel the hate radiating off of her. I could see her, but when I asked my mother who was sitting next to me, my mother could not. The perfectly corporal, oh my God, what, how do I pronounce that? Corporal. But it's R-E-A-L. Corporeal. Corporeal. <laughs> Why do Guys, I not know we're this not word? good at reading. <laughs> I am not Diana Bishop. I am not an academic. <laughs> the perfectly corporal uh, owner of the home was behind her in the shadows, smoking a cigarette on the porch, and I could see the ember of his cigarette through her. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she was wearing a severe black dress from the Victorian Ooh. era, sort of like the one pictured. Sorry, the woman is facing backwards. Okay, we'll put that on our social media. But that is just the silhouette. But with a tight black collar up to her jaw, her hair was rather severe too, just pulled back into a very tight bun, not quite the Victorian style. She looked like the dreaded school headmistress trope, basically. Anyway, I told myself that I was seeing things, even though I was totally sober. But then the tour guide pointed up to where she was standing and told the story of the house. Oh, my God, this is wild. Oh, my God. Evidently, a butcher married a woman of some means, and he moved in with her and her mother. And the mother thought he was beneath her and her daughter and made his life miserable enough that he ended up slitting her throat. He Uh, then turned uh, her into sausages and steaks and other bits and bobs and stuffed all the parts into a trunk before his wife came home. (gasps) It was dark. It was caught 
Oh my God, this is foul. He was caught when the blood leaked through the ceiling onto the residents below no. as they were dining. So the story went. New Orleans can turn your eyebrows white, which is why I love it so much. That's not even the only creepy or incredibly crazy thing that happened to me there. Hope you got the same chills I did while writing this. Oh my gosh. Are you kidding? First of all, yes, New Orleans has like so many crazy, Narlins, however you say that. It has, there's so many crazy things, but that is, that is bananas. I love that because it's like sort of true crime, sort of ghost story, like smashed up into one. It makes me think of, um, did you ever read the book, The Devil in the White City? No. I don't oh my this. gosh, Tracy would love that book. Really? I mean, love. When, tell me when I can read it, so and I will. Good. Okay, it's re- yeah, exactly. I've got the I'm like one of books the, are good. <laughs> I'm like a late night uh, need to read sometimes person, but um, Devil in the White City is so 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 good. It's like a like one chapter will be on the history of Chicago and the World's Fair, and then the next chapter ends up being about this like serial killer. Um, during that time and so it like goes back and forth each each you know new chapter that you get to you're either getting history or you're getting this like crazy timeline of this like serial killer um during that time and it's terrifying but it's written really amazingly well and so right um, up my alley it's fascinating okay so now we're going to move on to the next story from heather isaac and i'm going to read that one right now So growing up, I lived on five acres with my parents, and on the land next door was an abandoned farmhouse. It had been empty for a long time and was falling apart. I went away to college, and one night I dreamt that I was standing and looking at the farmhouse from my parents' yard. And a man, dressed in a World War II Army uniform, was standing looking out the front door of the farmhouse. As I watched, the farmhouse began to go up in flames, and I tried to yell and get the man to run, but he just stood there and slowly turned into a skeleton. When I woke up, I thought it was creepy, but I often have strange dreams, so I didn't really think much about it. The next time I went home to visit my parents, the farmhouse had burned down for real. And when I asked my mom when it happened, it was the exact night that I had the dream. When I say, my hair stood on end. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! Crazy, you guys, oh that's like a connection gosh. to like homes on your proper. Oh my gosh, that's like you, Teresa. The other spooky story happened when my daughter was a baby. She was still sleeping in a crib, so probably ten or eleven months old. And in the middle of the night, I thought I heard her, so I went to check on her. Oh my god, this already freaks me out. I can't even get to the next line. Okay. She was standing up in the crib in the dark, staring at the doorway. Okay, I'm going to start crying. Just babbling to herself and happy. I picked her up and sat in the rocking chair to try to get her back to sleep, but she continued to babble and coo looking at the door. She did that for about 10 minutes, and then she waved at the door and said bye-bye and then curled up in my arms and went back to sleep. No, no thanks. Heather. Okay. Wow. They say that about babies though, don't they? They say that about animals and young children that they can see. A hundred percent. I mean, Wyatt, when he was a baby, I used to bathe him in the sink in the kitchen and he would do this super weird thing. He was a newborn and he would do this thing where he would stare so intently at like the top corner of the window at our sink and there was nothing there and it was usually at night when it was dark and so there was nothing going on there and he would just stare and be in awe and his eyes would just it would not move from that spot and I was like every time I would literally look at him and I'd be like oh geez what's up there and I'd like look up and then I'd be like okay okay, hi 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 hopefully you're good and happy and an (laughs) angel or like whatever this is oh my god but I was just like wow like it was crazy okay Heather thank you so much it's even more terrifying when it's your kids yes because you're like please don't haunt them please don't scare them like I get so protected I know isn't that funny like yeah. I hear stories all the time about, oh, yeah, I was just playing with the little kid in the house. They're like, wait, yes. what little kid? The dead child that died about, you know, 1749 <laughs> is like playing ball with your kid in the front yard. Oh, great. Great, great, great. Thanks. Um, Excellent. All right. This next one's cool because 
Mark is a big believer and this is his number as well. So this is Michelle oh. Allen. She says, during my pregnancy with my son, I kept seeing the number 11 and 11, 11 everywhere. The angels' numbers. To the point where I told my husband that I kept seeing this number over and over again. Months and months later, my son was born at exactly 11, 11 p.m. <gasps> Spooky and totally cool at the same time. Love it. You know, Mark, the, he gets so excited by 1111 because it is such, it's meant to be like manifesting numbers. It's spiritual. It's, it's, it has a, a lot of deep meanings. And Mark screenshot, every time he sees 1111 on his phone, he'll screenshot it. And he has got hundreds of screenshots in his phone. But even just the other day, I was like, where is he? He was meant to come back and bring everyone food. I'm like, what? And he pulled up. And I'm like, there you are. And he got out. He's like, it's 1111. That <laughs> showed me. I was like, you and this 1111. It's amazing. It. But he, for him, it's such an important number. And he says that in so many ways it shows up um, in, you know, in different um, forms. And he's, he just truly believes in the magic of it, which I think is, is really special. So um, there you go. There you go. That's amazing. Oh, this comes from Lori. Glory, I think you can say Glorioso. Lori Glorioso. Lori, um, first of all, I know that you are a follower of the Mother Days and your Zen Mama, and I just wanted to say thank you so much. Um, recognizing your name, seeing it here, and we really appreciate it. So thank you for sending us this story. Okay, here we go. I'm going to try to read your um, your story with grace. Okay. My first two stories happen at the Carolina Inn, which is a very famous hotel in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Um, is actually in the top 10 list of the most haunted hotels in the U.S., along with the famous Estes Park Hotel, in which Stephen King created the book The Shining. I can pretty much guarantee you that I'm never going to stay at either of those hotels, but I love that you did, Lori. Um, the first story starts out uh, that we were at this hotel because my husband had a job interview at UNC Hospital the next day, and we were laying in bed on opposite sides of where we normally sleep. I got really hot in the middle of the night, and even though the thermostat was on my side of the bed, I asked him to get up and turn on the air and have us switch sides. As soon as we switched to sides, he was able to fall back asleep immediately, and it took me a little bit longer to fall asleep. And as I was laying there trying to get comfortable, all of a sudden at the bottom of the bed, I heard whispering. Oof, okay. Um, as much as I'm into all this haunting and ghostly things and spending nights in hotels, nothing had ever happened to me before until now. So I thought to myself, wait, did I just hear what I thought that I heard? Sure enough, just as I completed that thought, I heard more whispering. It was louder as if there were two or three people now at the foot of my bed talking to each other. As much as I love ghostly things and I should have looked to see if anything was there, I was too afraid and frozen in the moment. So I threw the covers over my head and started humming a song in my head that was really popular at the time to help me fall back asleep. And I think it was the quickest that I've ever fallen asleep in my life because I literally think I knocked myself out being frightened and I fell asleep right then and there. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not kidding you guys. No. The whisper. So a few nights ago, actually, I was putting winter to sleep and then I was like doing stuff on my phone, which I shouldn't be doing before bed. And we all know that I shouldn't do that. So Sarah, don't do it. But I was. And then I put it aside and I laid down and then um, I just started to get to snuggle in and I hear Sarah. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. What is it? What? And it, I mean... It's not the first time that that's happened. And every time it happens, I've always been like, why do I hear that? I'm, I'm like, is that in my head or does that really happen? And it only happens once. Wow. So no idea why that happens. And if somebody knows why, like is somebody trying to get in touch with me? Is someone just like telling me that they're there? Send me, send us a DM, email us at themotherdays@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Tell me what's going on. I have no idea. Freaks me out a little oh bit. This gosh. time it didn't freak me out though. I was like, hi, okay, 
Hi. You're like, yeah. it's time for me to go to sleep now. I've been out breastfeeding <laughs> like, for many hours. Please let me I go to sleep. I just got everybody to bed. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then here's part two of her story. So the next story was on the last night of being in the, um, ho- the hospital wanted to take us out to dinner and my husband wasn't in the room. But I was in the bathroom by myself getting ready. And at this point, I really didn't want to be by myself in this hotel anymore. But we had to go do something. So I was getting ready. I had my steamer plugged into the wall. Got my dress out, standing there as if someone just took their arm and smacked the steamer off the counter in the bathroom. I was pretty much done at this point and happy to get out ASAP. And then my, which is nuts. And my last story happened uh, in November 24, 2001. It was the day after my dad passed away. I'm laying in bed. And I still lived with my mom at this time because I was 20 and figuring out life. And yes, we had cats in the house, but none of the cats ever slept in my room. And I always had my door closed. And I remember laying in my bed facing the wall and feeling something sit down on my bed behind me and try to get comfortable sitting there. And at first I thought, oh, did a, did a cat come in and just try to lay on the bed? So I turned around to see if, if there was a cat there and there was no cat. And I still felt the heaviness on the edge of the bed. So I turned back around to face the wall and I slept very comfortably knowing that my dad was sitting there next to me. <laughs> oh my God. Since she says, so excited for you guys to do spooky theme episodes. I love this stuff. Just not when it's happening to me. LOL. Ah, uh, Lori, thank you so much. Oh my gosh. You're the sweetest. Oy. Um, okay. Um, here we go. The next ghost story. Catherine Adamick. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. She says, you wanted ghost stories. Okay, here's mine. (laughs) Yes, I believe in ghosts. When I was between five and seven years old, I shared a bedroom with my older brother. We slept in bunks. We would argue every night about keeping the hall doorway open or closed. I wanted it closed because of the ghosts. I've always had a hard time sleeping and around 2 or 3 a.m. I would look out that open door into the hallway and beyond into the living room. That's where I would see white images of people moving and sometimes floating around in the living room. Holy shit moly. Sometimes they would be holding objects in their hands and moving things around. I was scared to death that they would find their way into the bedroom and find me. I would try what seemed to be for hours each night to get enough courage to get out of bed and run down the hall the other way and into my parents' room. Funny how they had the time to have another child during this period. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) What is it, Teresa says? Love will find a way. (laughs) Yeah, that's so stinking funny. I told both of my parents, but my mother dismissed my fright as bad dreams. Nothing like good old New England sensibility. My father, (laughs) however, believed me, especially when I would ask him about certain objects that were located in the living room. He started paying attention to how the room looked when he went to bed. He was up the latest. And sure enough, even he could tell when things were moved around. Kids are said to be sensitive, and I believe that. Still waiting to be in a place where I might encounter another ghost, if only to ask lots and lots of questions. Lol. So glad you guys are doing the podcast when you two are together. It's informative, fun, and a bright spot in my week. Oh, my goodness. That's creepy. Um, Uh, It actually made me think of something that's been happening in my house, in my haunted house recently. So um, in my main area – Right where in the story with Susie, she explained her boyfriend had seen an image standing near the atrium sort of looking in. That's right where our cat door is. And I keep saying to the kids, guys, please, you need to stop fiddling with the cat door because our cat either gets locked outside or locked inside and then pees right by the cat door. And I've said it to Poa, I've said it to Forrest, I've said it to Bodhi over and over. Guys, you need to stop doing this. So it happened when we were away. Um, my friends were going and checking on the cat. We were away for like three days. My friend Chantel was there and um, and she was like, oh, just so you know, like there's a lot of like cat pee and, and poo inside. And I was like, what? The, the cat doesn't poo and pee inside. And she was like, oh, it was actually the cat flap was locked. 
And she was like, I'm so sorry. Like one of my kids must have locked it. And I was like, oh, it's all good. Like just let them know though, not to even touch the cat door. Okay. And she was like, Uh, yep, they're not even going to touch it. And she was like, it happened again. It happened again, like the next week. And she was like, I asked them and they did not touch the cat door. They, I swear to God, they did not. And in fact, I was in there and they didn't touch the cat door. So it started happening again this week. I would go and it's twisted around. And so something has physically twisted it and locked the cat door again because the cat was like outside being like, meow, meow. And I was like, why is Aslan meowing by his door? And I realized that someone or something is messing with me and messing with my cat. And poor Aslan keeps getting locked in or out. Doesn't want it to come inside. Yeah, I'm like, what is going on? Or we'll lock it from going outside. That's so weird. It's a black cat. It's a black cat. Oh, it's cat. a black cat. You know how they oh. say that black cats are like mysterious and witchy yes. anyway. Oh my gosh. So crazy. Um, all right. You've got this next one. Okay. Okay. So, um, ooh, all right. Let's ooh, see. She's from Adelaide. Uh, oh, okay. So, Taylor. Do you think it's Taylor? Yeah. It'd be Taylor. Taylor from Tyler. Adelaide. Taylor Veiling. <laughs> Oh, yes. Hey, that was good. Thanks. Yeah, was I just ha- I need you to say it right before me and then I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, lovely ladies of fellow Adelaidean here, uh, a home in which my family and I will never forget. In Salisbury Park, Salisbury Park. We will say that she's given the exact address, but for whoever lives there right now, if you get people knocking on the door... Yeah, you don't want that. You don't want that. There's going to be a lot of like funny like moms from Adelaide that love true crime that are going to show up being like, hi. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, a rental that was vacant for quite some time had become available in 98 after a previous tenant, an elderly lady, had passed away. My mom died. Two older sisters and myself moved into the property. Unbeknownst to what had taken place inside and what we were going to eventually experience ourselves. It started with myself when I was four years old. Shortly after we moved in, the nightmares started. I woke in the night screaming beside myself. Mom consoling me. I had told her that there was something at the end of my bed. My mom took this as having me having had my first nightmare. I was comforted and eventually went back to sleep. These nightmares were recurrent, as was the reason. There's something by my bed. There's something standing there, and it's at the end of my bed. Those are all quotes. Then it moved on to my eldest sister, who was nine years old at the time. On more than one occasion, either alone in the other room or in my parents' presence, she saw very fast, quick swooshes go by that immediately took her attention and caused distress. She asked my parents if they had seen it too, which they had not yet. Ooh, she says yet. Yikes! Okay, It then became apparent that something was not right in the house. And when our parents began experiencing it for themselves, it started with the fast, quick swishes and then turned into noises, tapping, knocking, running footsteps down the hallway, and then it progressed to physical. Our dad was at work, us kids at school. Our mom was home alone. Mom was doing the dishes, looking out at the kitchen window into the front garden. And when she heard footsteps behind her, she looked back, but nothing was there. She continued on with the dishes, and then all of a sudden, like a gust of wind, mom's hair blew strongly, and something was blowing on the back of her neck. She instantly turned around, but nothing was there. It was this very moment that my mom knew that we were living among something in this house. Oh, my gosh. My mom, at a pass, had mentioned to our next-door neighbor what we were experiencing, and the neighbor who lived there for years informed my mom that an elderly lady who lived in the house had died in this house. The neighbor then continued on and told my mom that on an occasion, this elderly lady was out the front, stark naked, and chanting aloud. The police were called out. My mom decided to call the real estate agent and ask if what she had heard was the truth. The real estate agent confirmed the lady had passed in this house, but also told my mom that upon the cleanup of this property, she had pentagrams on the walls, satanic symbols throughout the house, and a Ouija board for a seance. Oh, M G, get me out of here right Hell now is no. what I'm saying. <gasps> what? It was then perfectly clear the elderly lady was a Satanist and we were living among spirits in this house. 
Or she had gone crazy living amongst spirits in the house is what I'm just saying myself. Okay. After that phone call, my mom, who is a Christian woman, put her hands on the walls of the house and cast out in Jesus' name any spirit that remained. From that moment forward, we were no longer affected or witness to anything spiritual in that house. Yes, mom. Oh, by the way. We moved out a few years later and as our parents purchased elsewhere, but it was evident and unforgettable as to what we all experienced. As an adult now, I've driven by there once, maybe twice, and it still gives off a very eerie feeling to me. Wow. <laughs> oh, Taylor. That's you an did outlet. It, girl. You know I'm doing a <gasps> drive by. <laughs> oh. My gosh. Okay. First of all, okay. yes. Wow. Thank you for this gift. That wow. was a gift. I definitely saw more than one casting out of spirits in Jesus' name when I grew up in the <laughs> Southern Baptist South. So I get that. I also heard so many crazy stories about like um, exorcisms and stuff like that. We can, we can get to that in another episode. Well, that story made me remember a very young it literally triggered a memory in me as she was saying this oh wow i lived in a rental in mitcham in uh south australia in adelaide and uh i lived there with my mom and i remember i we moved out when i was about six years old and we moved out really abruptly like it was just so fast and i just remember now that my mom told me when I was six, we had to move out because there was an evil spirit. And I was like, uh, what? She was like, there was a demonic spirit that appeared to my mom and it had these crazy eyes and this snarl. She said there was this snarl that appeared out of nowhere. And she, I think at the time, she was sort of coming on and off her medication. So I think how I dealt with it, the older I got was that, oh, it was in her imagination. It wasn't real. It was because of her illness. However, now when I think back on it, there was a certain like terror to that house. And I would I slept in my mum's bed until I was about 11 years old because I was afraid oh of the gosh. dark. But I specifically mem- remember these young feelings of being like spooked by something. And oh. we so quickly moved out of that home. And I want to ask my mum about that now and just say, what was it? Now she can tell me everything because obviously I wouldn't get scared. But at that time she like blamed, oh, it's an evil spirit and, you know, we just had to move. But I bet she has a really vivid story about what actually was going on. Yes. And and she's like so religious. She probably is like, well, it was the devil. It was the devil. Well, that's what she said. She was like, the devil was snarling at me. And so we just decided to move. And ever since then, she would get holy water and put it in a spray bottle and just like periodically go and spray around our house, spray the room, spray my pillow with holy water, which is just water that has been like blessed by the priest. And then, you know, friends of mine always thought it was quite funny because they'd see these like cleaning sprays and like the tag was like, the sticker was crossed out and on it it said holy water my mom had written it and it was just this like spray that would sit around the house and I remember my friend Kat took a photo of it once she was like this is hilarious (laughs) but it was like it's almost like that bad dream busting spray that they have these days that you spray in the room and the kids yeah I feel safer fairy mist there's like a dream spray okay you have the next one all right Kelsey Stobor Kopak now you say that. How how would you say it in the old American accent? As uh, Kelsey Stobar Kobach. Stobar? <laughs> exactly Sto- the same. Is that what I said? Stobar? Yeah, okay. That's right. exactly what you said. There we go. Two stories from Kelsey. Number one, my grandpa died when I was in fifth grade. My grandparents lived in Hancock Park, which I know very Ooh, well. It's quite close that. to me in LA. Oh, and- Hancock Park has a creepy vibe. Mm. Some of the houses I've been in there totally feel 
Like there's something houses. going on there. It feels old, ho- old, old houses, Hollywood. flat streets. It's a really yes. cool neighborhood. I always think that trick-or-treating there would be great. Yeah. Um, okay, so my parents lived in Hancock Park and had a beautiful royal-looking staircase with rod iron railing and red carpet on the stairs. At his wake, I was walking down the stairs and saw my grandpa in a tuxedo holding a plate of appetizers. When I got closer to him, he winked at me and held his finger to his lips, almost shushing me as him being there was a secret that only I knew. Oh, That's my. so special. What oh. an amazing gift. Oh, how amazing. I love that so much. All right, second story. Just before my grandmother died, she was pointing to the whiteboard at the hospital, asking what it was, and I said, it was a whiteboard. She kept saying, no, that, and pointing at the whiteboard. There was nothing there, but she gazed at it like she recognized someone. Later that night, I had a dream. I was in a dark room speaking to my grandma in her favorite armchair, explaining that she had died. She kept challenging me with confusion, but ultimately accepted the news. The next morning, when I called the hospital to check on her, she had passed away. Whoa. Wow. Oh, I love that. I've had so many, a few, a handful. I'm not going to say so many, but I've had a handful of experiences where I've had dreams about people as they've died, after they've died, around that time. Like my dear friend Megan, I had a, a dream I had the night that she died, I remember going to bed, praying for her, asking for her to be at peace and like knowing that she was in a lot of pain. And I was just thinking about her and I had this like beautiful, warm feeling and just like I was just like holding her so dear in my heart and I fell asleep. And when I opened my eyes that morning, I was like, I'm going to check my phone now, but I know what's on my phone. And I just wow. felt it. And I okay. looked at my phone and I had a message on my WhatsApp from my friend Alice. And I was like, okay, I'm going to check this message, but I know what this message says. Mm-hmm. And then the message was like, call me. And then I called her and she she said Megan had died. And I was like, wow. I know. I felt her last night. Wow. Like it was bright moon and like I, f- I just felt her all over. Mm-hmm. Like I knew that she had died that night. It was crazy. Wow. Yeah, it was wild. I um, I might actually read out this next one because I have seen who it's from. Oh, yeah, you should. You definitely should. So this next one is from one of my best friends and I did not – we have not read this before we started reading them out. So no. um, we are cold reading all of these and so this is such a nice surprise to see that this is from my Brookie, Brooke Stone, and uh, – I've just scanned over. I was like, oh, I hope I can get through this. But okay, I had my first miscarriage in August 2019. And after my DNC, when I was in the recovery room, I woke up and saw a little girl sitting next to my bed. I just saw the back of her and her hair was in a little ponytail. I was thinking, whoa, these drugs are crazy. And did that thing where you sort of squeeze your eyes to wake up, make sure that you're, what you're seeing is real. But she was still there. I must have fallen back to sleep because next thing I know, my husband was there and I asked her if he had seen the little girl and he's like, uh, no. We never find out the sex of our babies before they are born. And just as I was leaving my appointment for my post-DNC checkup, it occurred to me to ask the sex of the baby. It was a girl and I know that was her next to my bed. Oh, my gosh. That really makes me so emotional. And my friend Brookie has had a number of losses and her son Woods was born, I think he was 21 weeks when he was born. And so she has been through so much. And this is so beautiful, Brooke. You've never told me this story before. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, I never knew this. That is really so beautiful and so powerful. And I mean, having gone through that, a DNC mm-hmm. before for you know having a pregnancy loss like it is such a um sad and kind of scary and all those things time like that's just so wild and Mm -hmm. the fact that she had this like beautiful 
moment and presence there. Like, yeah. What, what, a, what an amazing gift. All of these stories are like wild, so wild. And Brookie went on to have a little daughter. So she has a oh. boy and then a girl. And then she had a number of losses, including her stillbirth. And then the next baby she just gave birth to. Um, and she is the most perfect darling mm. little angel baby little rainbow babe oh i love that so much i know i'm so happy for her you know i once um a, a doula i think it was told me this one time but um when i had a pregnancy loss and i was like you know s- struggling a bit afterwards and just really emotional and like talking it through and um the person that i was talking to was like you know i think you should just think about these souls in the universe and like sometimes the souls are it's you have to imagine they're like packing their bags grabbing their suitcases heading on down there and like just sometimes the soul's not ready and then the soul when it's ready to come through it'll come through Mm -hmm. it's the right time and it's supposed to happen it'll come through and so then I had this like visual of like (laughs) my little kid like trying to get their bags packed and being like, oh, oh, it's, t- oh, it's time. Oh, okay. And then like heading over and being like, oh, I actually didn't like bring all my Quite stuff ready. Yet. I'm not, yeah, yeah, I'm not ready to go. And like, I- I'll circle back. We'll circle back. And Aww. so like, you know, and so there was something that. really sweet about that. Cause I was like, oh, okay. And then I did, I had my rainbow baby. So mm. it definitely can happen. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. We're going to play this last story right now. Okay. So here she is. She's so gorgeous. Hey, Teresa. Hey, Sarah. Um, hope you don't mind. I'm sending my ghost story via voice message. Um, because Partly because I have a three and a half month old. And I'm really bad at typing and I make lots of spelling mistakes when I get excited. So I find it easier to do a voice message. And also because I'm Irish and we like to tell stories. Cool. <laughs> So, yeah, so you probably know this, but Halloween is a Celtic festival to mark the end of the harvest year and to bring in winter. And so I grew up with a lot of a lot of ghost stories. And believe it or not, the first um, jack-o'-lantern was carved into a turnip. Please Google it. Please Google it. They are terrifying. Like the faces that they made out of those gnarly, crusty looking turnips. They will haunt you. They will haunt you. So check that out. So turn up love jack-o'-lanterns. And really hard to carve a jack-o'-lantern into turn up. That's probably why they look so gnarly. Anyway, I digress. So my background, I work in museums and I'm an archaeologist. Creepy. I work with dead people. You could say my career is in ruins. Yeah, mom jokes. Um, so anyway. I loved it. I worked in Kilkenny Castle. I'm from Kilkenny, which is a medieval town full of history. It's pretty amazing. I want to come there. So I worked as a waitress in the cafe in the castle when I was like, I think it was 19. Anyway, it was a frosty Christmas morning. It's dark in the morning in Ireland. So I was walking across the estate. It was dewy. It was frosty. It was creepy. At the time, I didn't realize this. I wasn't paying attention because I was nursing a touch of a hangover from Christmas. But anyway, I got in. I opened up the cafe. I uh, turned on the coffee machine, I got everything going and I heard like these running and playing and laughing upstairs and I said, oh Jesus, they probably brought in the tour, the tour guide probably brought in some visitors early, which I thought was strange because the place doesn't open for another hour. So I continued, got my jobs done and then I decided, no, I'm going to go, I don't know, something inside me said, let's go upstairs and let's go up the round tower and let's see if them if there's anything going on up there. So the giggling and the laughing was going on and I opened up the door from the round tower into the great hall upstairs and nothing was there. But I felt something and I do believe that there are energies left over in historical buildings. I've experienced it before and I do think that I felt the energy of maybe like three or four children playing up there. And it's like this whirl, like whizzing noises around me. And it was just very bizarre. So I went downstairs, completely creeped out, turned up the radio really loud and continued making my scones and doing my jobs. And then an hour later, the tour guide came down and I said to him, please tell me, please tell me 
that you let in visitors early this morning and there was children running around upstairs playing. And he looked at me and he said, no, Alice, nobody's been in this morning. It's just been me and you. And yeah, I think my face went, did that whole thing. Like, it looks like you've seen a ghost. It was, I never <laughs> felt so uncomfortable, but yet not uncomfortable at the same time, because it was like, it felt normal to me, right? Like, this is just life. This is just energies. This is just people who passed on. And he said, yeah, we've often had that from the, we think it's the Butler family children. So the Butler family would have owned the castle up until I think the 50s. And they go back generations and generations. <sighs> So I think it was like children from about maybe like the uh, 1700s. So, um, yeah, so that's my ghost story. But look, that castle has so many other ghost stories, so many other ghost stories. But I'll never forget feeling that energy and being like, you know, yeah, there's definitely something around me. Um, But yeah, I work in that field. I worked in another church that was built around 1205 as well that's part of the castle that was built in 1205 and we have a lot of tombs around us and at night time you'd hear stuff and you'd feel stuff and you'd be in there alone closing up and I've just so many experiences and they are all in historical buildings all of them in historical buildings but um yeah that's my ghost story um I think I could have made it more creepy with some sound effects rather than hearing the buses go by as I push my child around the block to try and get her to sleep. I think she's asleep. Anyway, thanks ladies. Keep give doing this podcast. It, I look forward to every single one. Um, oh. I really appreciate it. And have a lovely week with all your cute kitties. And thank you for listening to my voice message. <laughs> And can we be friends, I please? It. Please, <laughs> Alice, can we be friends? Can, can, okay. Alice, will, will you accept well, us as don't, friends? Don't go friends? away. No. Oh my gosh, she's so cute. First trip I'm taking, I'm going to Ireland. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. <sighs> I love that Creepy story. castles. <laughs> First of all, I hadn't heard this voice memo yet, and Teresa was telling me about it. She was like, oh my gosh, I love this girl so much. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. And I, this is my first time hearing it. And oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Alice, for sending that to us. I know. Oh, this was was so fun. So fun, you guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast, for pushing your babies around and getting them to sleep and and (laughs) tuning in and sending us messages. And um, thank you for writing out these emails and sending us your uh, spooky, supernatural, ghosty fun little stories. It's been um, such a fun time, you know, getting ready for Halloween and and um, and going through all of this with you guys. Thank yeah. you for listening to The Matter Days. We love you, daisies. Talk to you soon. Ooh, Ooh. <laughs> I'm such a nerd. Oh, oh. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.